Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Save Your Sanity, help for handling hijackles, those difficult, toxic, and often disturbing people in your life. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler, the Relationship Help Doctor, and I'm here for you. You'll get the insight, skills, strategies, and support to stop tolerating verbal and emotional abuse, whether it's happening now or it happened to you in the past, maybe by a parent, partner, ex, relative, or even a co-worker. Time to take life back, to recover and to rediscover you, your values, dreams, desires, and realize them in healthy ways in healthy relationships. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, and welcome to Save Your Sanity. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. I'm thrilled that you're here because you found us. You found a place where you can learn more about dealing with the difficult people in life, the relentlessly difficult people in life that I call hijackals. And these are the people who hijack a relationship with us and then they use it for their own purposes. They scavenge it for power, status, and control repeatedly. So, so very difficult and so unnecessary, right? And yet we put up with it and eventually you find your way here and you learn how not to put up with it a moment longer, how to have strong boundaries, how to take charge, all the things that you need to know whether you stay and whether you leave. And today we have a special segment. I hope you'll enjoy it. If you'd like to be part of it and tell your story, you can go to forrelationshiphelp.com slash guests with an S on it and uh, put your story in there and perhaps we can record yours sometime soon. Enjoy today's segment. Today we're going to talk about really interesting things in our segment called It Happened to Me. And It Happened to Me is a segment that allows us to talk with people who've been through it, who've experienced it, who've walked some part of the hijackal path. And today my guest is Krista. Welcome to the program, Krista. Thank you. I think it's so interesting to talk to someone who has such a specific divorce behind you. Um, many times we find that divorces are difficult from hijackals, but add into the mix that the hijackal is an attorney. And then we get a whole other layer, don't we? Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so tell us a little bit about your story. Um, well, things kind of, things happen, and I'm sure other people can relate to this, happen little by little until you begin to um, wake up, so to speak, and, and start to realize that, that something isn't right, all, something isn't feeling right. And for me, it was a lot of little things all through, um, starting from when my children were young, up, you know, up until about 10 years ago when I decided to leave. And it was just, it, it started off with little things like not, not showing up for something that was important to me, like winning an award. Um, that I it was I was in school and, and run a, won a writing award, and you know not showing up for that, 
or I was involved in the theater for a while um, for one summer and I had auditioned for a part and was very excited about doing this and something that I wanted to do. And, and, but that was, if you would have thought I was asking him to take off his left arm to watch our child, which he called babysitting. Mm -hmm. And while I was at rehearsals, you know, but what, what I ended up doing was I, I just ended up excusing all of that. I just thought, well, you know, that's probably true. I probably shouldn't expect to do things like that. I, I, you know, it's probably too much to ask and, and rationalize that. Um, and then things just get bigger and bigger. And um, before the final straw of when I decided that I was going to have to leave and that this person really didn't care for me or love me was um, I had somebody who stalked me for a while. Oh. And I had to involve the police. Um, and the first thing out of my ex-husband's mouth when I told him I was being followed was, what did you do? Uh-oh. What were you wearing? What did you do? What did you say? Where were you? Like, it was, it was my fault in some way it's, that somebody was following me and refused to go to the police with me, um, refused to even really talk about it. Um, took a, took, this, this person that was following me was actually living in our neighborhood. Um, and his, his stepdaughter went to the same elementary school as our daughter. And that's where he saw me, I think, I guess. Um, I don't know. But the point is that that was, it was then that I realized, you know, do you care about my safety? I mean, it was scary. He was, he was walking behind the house during the day. He was showing up at the grocery store when I was there. He was outside the gym when I came out and it, it was frightening. Yes. It was really frightening. And so that all these things just started to add up. All these things just started and then I think you just have finally, you have a final straw and then that's it. Well, I, I think you're right. You know, I've certainly heard that same pattern from many, many people because good people like you, you know, you think, okay, what's my part in this? Am I asking too much? Is this an unreasonable expectation? Am I pushing the envelope? Do I not know my partner well enough and that he doesn't like to do this, so I should compromise? I mean, we do that. That's what we do in a healthy relationship. But when you, you start doing those things and you see that it just keeps escalating, that there's just less for you and more for him. You know, that's what I hear you talking about is, all right, I, I got you, which is what a hijackal wants to do. They love bomb you and they do whatever they need to do to get you. And then when they've got you, then they relax and slowly begin to show their true colors. But we don't want to believe that. We want to believe what we thought we saw. And we did see it, but it was false. And it was a it was a show to get to the gotcha moment. <laughs> so then you take it on yourself. Then you take it on. Oh, it must be me. I'm being unreasonable. Like you said, you know how disappointing. Hijackle doesn't show up when you get an award, right? Now I don't know your husband. I don't know if he's a hijackle, but the way he behaves is what I'm going on here. So one of the things we want to take note of for everybody, Krista, is that a hijackal will ruin anything that's special to you. Whether it's your birthday, your wedding, your award, your children's lives, they have to take the attention away from you, and if not just away from you, get it back on them. 
So it's either a one or a two prong thing, but they are definitely going to ruin an event. Mm -hmm. I bet that he had, he ruined a few other events as well. He did. He did. And if there was a, you know, an event like graduating from, from school and, and, uh, or, you know, something that I had done like that, it ended up where it, it he took the credit. In other words, I couldn't have done it without him. Mm. If he hadn't watched our children, I couldn't have gone to class and I certainly wouldn't have made the A's that I made or did as well as I did if it hadn't been for him and his support. So if he wasn't ruining the event, if there were other people involved, it was a way to, you know, inflate his, his role in the entire thing and to sh show everybody what a wonderful father and husband he is. Oh, I, that's so classic. Mm -hmm. I mean, now that you're out of it, I'm sure you can see the classic nature of all that. But it is just so classic. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, you know, there's that going on at my house too or in my relationship. Or you think back to the relationship with your mother or your father. They do the same thing. Hijackal parents do the same thing. Something's really important to you, so somehow it can't happen. Or just what you said. Well, it's important to you, so I'm going to show up and say, well, if I hadn't paid for those lessons, you wouldn't be able to be singing in this event. And immediately the focus comes back on them and you're diminished, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> and good people, which are great hijackal bait, <laughs> good <laughs> people want to justify or rationalize or make excuses for, uh, be understanding or compassionate to the point where they condone and enable the behaviors of the hijackal. And <clears throat> you do that because you're a reasonable human being and you want the relationship to work. What was the trigger thing that actually said no more? Was it that last thing that you mentioned or was there anything else that caused you to say, no, that's it? No, but I was pretty close at this point because that the all these things started like more incidents started coming closer together, if that makes sense, in yeah. time. And so... You know, so things were already rough between us in our relationship. And, and there were a lot of fight. There was a lot of fighting going on and, and that kind of thing. And intimidation on his part to try to intimidate me physically even. Mm -hmm. um, being an attorney, he, he said you know, he felt abuse only happens if you hit a woman and you never hit me, which is true. So then it wasn't abuse. Um, but he, there was a lot of physical intimidation, you know, cornering me in the closet, things like that, you know, to make me feel intimidated. But that, you know, the final straw was, was a night when I was at, um, I was at a party at, at a friend's house and he elected not to go with me, which was fine at that point. Cause we probably weren't getting along very well. And so I said, that's fine. I'd probably have more fun without you anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> I went and, um, it was, there was a home where they had, you know, teenage kids and they came home from a game or something. I don't remember, but when they were leaving, they were in a big truck backing out of the driveway, accidentally hit my little tiny red car with a big truck that they had and totally smashed the driver's side window. It was dark out. So it wasn't an incident where I could go home and take the car and drive home with all the glass in there. So my friend said, listen, just call your husband. Maybe he can come pick you up, which I did. Um, he was at a bar and I could tell because I could hear it 
And when I told him what happened, I said, look, I'm just going to need you to come and pick me up. He said, no, you can get one of your new friends to take you home. And I really don't care. Mm-hmm. And so they did. I got home and I came home very late because I was upset. Um, of course, he was fast asleep, could care less. And the next day happened to be his birthday and it was a Sunday. Um, as I was trying to juggle with my my oldest daughter, who was working at the time, she was, I think, 16, probably, probably she had to be 16. She had a job and we were trying to figure out how we could work out getting to church and getting her to their job and working out all these logistics with what had gone on, then get back to pick up my car and that kind of thing. Cause I knew he wasn't going to be any help. He told me he didn't care. So he all, he walked into the room when we were talking and he said, all I know is no one has wished me a happy birthday. And of course my daughter jumped right away to say, Oh dad, I'm so sorry. Happy birthday. And I walked away I just walked away and I walked into my own bedroom and I, that is a moment. I remember it really clearly that I said, I'm done. I'm just done. I can't do this anymore. Yes. <sighs> oh, I, that is so classic. I mean, everything that you said is so classic so far, but how classic could it be? I chose to ignore you. I chose to tell you that you were choosing your new friends over me so get them to do your bidding and then have no remorse at all in a hopefully more sober state and make it all about me.com when you had issues going on in the family that were priorities. Yep. Okay. So I'm going to put myself at the top of the pile and make you all feel badly. Hopefully that you're not putting me at the top of the pile too. And it's so unreasonable so terribly unreasonable so i can understand that that could be the pivotal moment when you just said "Mm -mm." (laughs) not doing this anymore not happening Mm -hmm. so how long from that moment did it take before you were on your own it was um well that would have been november and i moved out the following march oh so not very long um I had really extreme anxiety. I was treating it with some medication, but it was still, it was just, it was almost debilitating some days. It was horrible to just put one foot in front of the other just to make it through the day. Mm -hmm. I knew I had to do something and I was worried how it looked to my children. So I put together a plan um, over the, over the new year's when he decided to take the kids to go visit family, I thought this is a perfect time. They're not even in the same state and I can put a plan together. Mm -hmm. And I reached out to, I only had about three friends that I had really been honest with. And I reached out to them. I got a referral for an attorney. I talked to another woman who had actually gone through a very difficult divorce and she spent probably two or three hours on the phone with me, Mm -hmm. giving me advice And I went to an attorney and then I got advice from there. And then I went forward with putting a restraining order in place right away before I even told him. So he couldn't shut down accounts and, and leave me at the time I was only working part-time and I was spending majority of time with the kids. So I didn't have my own career, my own paycheck other than a part-time paycheck. So there was no, 
I didn't have any resources right. other than what we had. Mm-hmm. Well, I just want to applaud all of that greatly because you took action on your own behalf and on the behalf of your children, but you believed other people at that point. You were at the point. Many times people go back and forth. Oh, this is the last straw. Oh, maybe I'll try again. And they go back and forth many times. No fault in that. It's just, it takes a lot to actually get over the doing of it, to actually make it happen, not being in the going to make it happen. And so that was very, very short period of time for most hijackers. But what great advice. I always tell my clients to file without um, telling the hijackal they're going to and to prepare and have all the finances taken care of before that. So you did that, and that was so wise. Did he contest this divorce in some incredibly ugly way? Because some attorneys do have a streak that causes them to do that. Well, he didn't contest the divorce. He, and that may have been better. You know, what he did was he set out on, it probably, it just ended actually uh, this year when my youngest daughter turned 18 and graduated from high school. So it's been a 10 year journey of wow. consistency and constantly finding ways to get back at me. It started off with a two-year um, dragging me through um, custody battle mm-hmm. where we had to have your amicus attorney and your, your court-appointed psychologist, and we went through, I don't even know how many depositions, mediations that always mm-hmm. failed. It was always something, and I don't know how many times I've been served at my front door um, that he found something else to, to try to get me on. Mm-hmm. So he didn't contest it, but he did that in those legal ways. And then he worked to manipulate, bribe, um, control our children and turn, you know, turn them away from me, all three of them at one point or another. Mm-hmm. So in some way. So was he successful in sustained alienation or just for a while? It was just for a while. Um, they really needed to grow up a little bit. Um, they weren't really young. Um, I know some people go through a divorce when their children are only two or three and that's, that's, I probably would have done things differently had they been that small. Mm -hmm. Um, they were a little bit older. So, you know, if it was just a period of time and then they started to see things because, and this is what I knew is he can only keep up the game for so long. After a while, it's too exhausting. And after a while, even they started to see what he was really like. Yes. There were things that would come up and, well, dad didn't do this. Or, you know, his girlfriend. (laughs) Yeah. His girlfriend ruined my 13-year-old party when she she was turning 13. And she came in and it was a big scene to where parents had to come and pick their kids up. And all these things, they begin to see it. And what I had to learn to do, because I was so used to cleaning up his messes all the time when I was married to him, every time he created a mess, I would run in and clean it up to protect my kids. I had to learn through therapy on my own that you got to let him make his mess, even though it hurts your kids. Because he's responsible for that, not me. Well, yes. And, you know, let's not make that a blanket thing for everybody. (laughs) Um, because we want to control which messes we let him make for himself that he, you know, that you don't clean up. 
because we always have to keep our children safe, but we can't do anything about when they're with their other parent. Um, we don't know what's said. We don't know what the attitude is. We don't know what the look on the face was. We don't know the frequency. We don't know what they're actually saying. And so we, we get a little limited in that way. But it is important to let children have the relationship they have with their father after a certain age or their mother, whomever the hijackal parent is, so that they can have a respite by coming back to the non-hijackal parent and then begin to see the difference. And that's hard. And of course, you're absolutely right. When the children are little, so hard to leave. What would you have done differently if the children had been much younger? Um, what I ended up doing was I ended up actually leaving the home. And um, because he refused to, and the process I would have had to go to make him leave, which would have happened. There's no doubt in my mind or my attorney's mind that he would have been asked to leave, but he probably would have probably had to have the sheriff come to the door and, and remove him that way. And I felt that was too traumatic. Now, if my children were smaller and they wouldn't have to see that, or they wouldn't understand it or remember it, I probably would have done that and I would have made him leave. Mm -hmm. But in this case, I felt that would be more traumatic to do that to them. And all I kept thinking is he would turn that around and make it look like I was the bad person for kicking him out of the house. But you took an incredible risk too, Krista, because when you move out, somebody who's manipulative and particularly somebody with a, a law background can manipulate that to say that you abandoned the home. So you probably took care of that in a legal fashion with your restraining order, didn't you? Yes. And I will tell you, my attorney advised me not to do that. Sure. Um, he did because he's going to go by the law. And I told him that I felt it was in my children's best interest. And that's what I was going to do. Well, and good for you. And I'm glad it worked out. Um, it, did, it did. And yeah. my youngest daughter was only seven. So she did come with me. She was very, very attached to me and she didn't want to stay. So she did come with me. And I think that was the best thing for her at that and time. And I think what you're pointing out is every case is individual. Mm -hmm. I can't, you know, I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of people and I can't think of any two cases that were exactly the same or that the best thing in one situation would be the identical best in another. Everything has to be looked at for the history of the relationship, the temperament of the people, the likelihood of the explosions. So many things have to be thought through and obviously you thought that through what is the best thing that I can do for myself and my children that will cause the least disruption? So I applaud you for stepping out and doing that because it was risky. It was, it was. Um, and you know, you don't know what's going to turn out. Um, but I just, I made, I just would make the decision and I always bounce things off of people too. I mean, it's not like I did this, you know, in a bubble. Um, I certainly, um, reached out for help because I knew I needed it. I needed that emotional support and I needed help. And even though my family did not live in the same state, I still had the support of, you know, my family. Um, and I had some really wonderful friends. I don't know what I would have done without them mm -hmm. there to support me and let me talk to them. Let me bounce things off of them because you know, you said earlier too, that people go back and forth. There, there may be a final straw when you've had enough, 
but you spend many years going back and forth. And don't get me wrong. I did that. I went back and forth. I would get to the point where I was going to leave and then I didn't. And then, you know, maybe it'll change and you want it to, and you see your kids and you think, how can I do this to them? And so it, it was a long 20 year long <laughs> struggle. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't easy and it didn't, and I just didn't wake up one day and have it all together. That's not the way it works. No, it isn't. <laughs> you know, and there's no right or wrong or good or bad about the way we do it. And I really want to emphasize that Krista, because, you know, people will say, well, you should do this. I don't know what you should do. We've got to work it out for your case at this time, where you live in, which family, you know, there's so many variables, so there is no answer. But I, if there is an answer, it, one of them would be that once you realize that you want to leave and that it's the best thing for your family to have this end, that you, unless there's physical or sexual abuse, that you do your own work first, that you figure out who am I, what do I want, what do I want for my children, what do I need to do in order to protect myself financially or physically or emotionally, all of those things. And those are good steps. So if there isn't physical or sexual abuse, get help to sort it out, to prepare, to make a very, very clear decision about leaving or staying because every situation is different. You know, sometimes we have to take into consideration that, golly, my kids are, are of an age where they're very cognizant. Maybe they're 8 to 12 or something. And they're running on... I'm watching all the time what's going on, and then I talk to them. Like their, their other parent will do something ugly or awful or dismissive, and I can be there to pick up the pieces and say, oh, well, no, you are a good child, and you know, you can, you can balance out the difficulties. Because one of the things is that when you, when you separate, they're going to have the children alone with them that you don't know what happened. You don't know what was said. You don't know what was done. And each situation is different and has to be calibrated differently in order to make a good decision about whether to go or stay or when to go. You know, you may know where you're going, but when to go. So if you were going to give someone advice about the going back and forth part in your decision making, maybe I'll go, maybe I'll stay. Looking back, what would you say now you would say to someone if they were thinking of doing it? I think that what I would tell them is before you make any decision to talk to as many people as you can, to look for help. Um, I, I really wish that this Facebook and this was all available to me years ago. I really do. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, you, you've got to try to identify yourself with somebody else, but to get help because the thing that the hijackals want to do more than anything else is isolate you That's and make you a prisoner, even within your own self. Mm -hmm. and so the more that you reach out, the more that you talk to other people, you don't have to let that person know it's better if you don't, it is, they will try to hijack that too. Mm -hmm. get as much information as you can do enough research and that way, then you can make an educated decision because maybe it's not best for every situation or every person to leave. Maybe you want to stick it out for another year till your kids graduate or whatever the case may be. Maybe it's not the best thing for you, or maybe you want to get a career first and start that off. But whatever it is, take care of yourself first. Find that thing that 
is going to make you feel safe. That's going to make you not feel crazy. For me, it was doing yoga. So first time I, I started doing yoga, but yoga was like incredible for my anxiety, depression, that constant feeling of just your stomachs and knots, walking on eggshells all the time will do that to you. So you've got to take care of yourself. If you don't, you will just end up sick and then you're not good for anybody. No, no, such good advice. I hope everybody's listening. Um, Yoga. Yes. You know, I did a show last week and I mentioned some things about our spiritual life, and I'm going to be talking more about that. I happen to be a certified Shivananda yoga teacher, mm. so I absolutely know what you're talking about, that when you use your breath and when you lengthen your muscles and when you take time aside from yourself and you, you do Shavasana and you actually allow yourself to let go at the end of a yoga practice, it's a gift that is very difficult to receive from anywhere else because it's so systematically working your body to relax and to be healthy. Such important stuff, so I'm glad you, you found that. And for those of you who are thinking about leaving, Krista just gave you some gold, you know, inform yourself. And remember her caveat, which was don't tell anyone. You don't have to tell the hijackal you're doing this. You don't have to be telling his family you're doing this or her family that you're doing this. Because remember, loyalty sometimes doesn't work out so well if you tell a family member who maybe even doesn't like the hijackal. But you tell them you're leaving it, all of a sudden they become fiercely loyal to the hijackal. <laughs> so it's not, not a good idea. This is your decision for your world, your people, your children. And work within that. Be very selective who you tell and who you go to for help. And that then invite your friends to support you. You know, Krista, when I left my relationship, and of course I was raised by hijackals, so I married a hijackal, and I had to leave, and I had to co-parent, and I had to do all of that. So I've been there, done that, and I have the nasty video and the ragged T-shirt, just like you. (laughs) And, you know, I remember the day I'd done all the preparation. I was the breadwinner in the family, which was helpful because I didn't have financial considerations. Mm -hmm. But I remember planning it all, and and putting, packing stuff and putting it in the back of cupboards where you wouldn't notice. And mm-hmm. I was moving out. And the day came when I knew he was gone for the entire day. And my friends came and the truck came and all. And in the middle, I was like, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I shouldn't do this. This is a long time ago before I was doing this work. <laughs> and um, before I finished my PhD. And maybe I shouldn't. Maybe Maybe this is unfair. Maybe this is awful. And my friend said, you're doing it. Proceed, you know. Mm-hmm. And if I hadn't had that kind of support, I could have, you know, gone on doing that for a while longer. But I didn't. And it was very, very important to me to do it. So thank you so much for sharing your story. We really appreciate hearing it. I know I do. And I'm saying the royal we because I know that people listening will appreciate it. Because you when you've been there, you can speak with such validity about what it feels like and and what to do. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Thank you. So you're listening to Save Your Sanity, Help for Handling Hijackals. And Krista's just been kind enough to share her experience on this segment of It Happened to Me. Talk soon. 
I'm so glad you spent this time with me today. I hope you heard something that touched your heart and empowered you to move forward. You can have the life and relationships that you most want, and that begins with you within you today. I'm always here for you. Life can get better, and you heard that from me, the Relationship Help Doctor. I'm Roberta Shaler, and I work with clients throughout the world through video conferencing. We can talk. So learn more at 4relationshiphelp.com, F-O-R-relationshiphelp.com, or visit me on YouTube at 4 Relationship Help. Join me for next week's show.